We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, welcome in. It's Friday, and you know what that means. It is Front Office Friday! Let's go. Front Office Friday is here, and we are less than a week away from the NBA draft. We've had a ton of news come out this morning. We had stuff going around last night. All kinds of stuff to get into. Some pretty juicy topics as well. Thank you all for joining us over here on the NBA Front Office YouTube channel podcast listeners. Make sure you are following us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Of course, you can do both things. Follow us on the podcast side. Follow us on the YouTube side. Certainly would appreciate that. Uh, Keith, we've got so much to get into. I guess we should just start with your powers of prediction. It was on yesterday's show that you said that today we were going to find out about Ja Morant's suspension. Word coming out this morning, 25 games. What were your thoughts on that suspension coming out? And can you uh, give me some tips on lottery numbers as well? <laughs> no to the second one. Um, you know, But to the first part, yeah, I, I think it's going to be for uh, – with this one, with, with uh, Ja Morant, this feels about right. I, I, I think – there was a lot of buzz of a 40, 41 game, half a season suspension and those kind of things. And that would have felt like it was going to be a little too, too harsh uh, for, for me. So I think that turned into let's uh, be a little bit more reasonable, right? It was going to be double what he got last time, which was eight games. And that felt very light at the time. And they gave him credit for time out that he missed and all the other stuff there. Uh, this time around, yeah, 25 games. That, that feels about right for Memphis. This is a good thing in the sense of the timing. Right now, they can do what they need to do. They have one point guard on the roster. It's a really good one in Tyus Jones. And for my money, the best backup point guard in the league. Really good as a spot starter kind of guy. You know, perfect to get them through this first third of the season. But now they can approach the draft, the start of free agency, doing what they need to do to get another ball handler on that roster, uh, get, get things moving in the right direction. Uh, direction for them because they're, they're going to have to have something else. Cause this is, you know, th this is not a, all right, we got to get through two, three weeks. This is, you know, a third of the season we're talking by the time this is up, what will be probably Christmas ish in that mm -hmm. range by the time he's fully back in the fold. Yeah. And that's going to be going to be important for the Grizzlies just to tread water without, without John Morant. And I think they can do it. They've shown they can do it in the past, but you know, I put it out there on Twitter that, well, the, are the Grizzlies going to have to go find another point guard? And people said, what are you crazy? They've done great without John Morant in the past. They can totally, they can, but you don't want Tyus Jones to have to play 
48 minutes a night, right? And you know, right. most likely you're moving on from Dylan Brooks, who often acted as a secondary creator or ball handler for them, uh, for better or for worse. So now what you need to do if you're Memphis is you need to have that backup in place. And I'm not saying you go out and you and you target a big fish or anything like that, but I think that now you just need kind of a third string guy so that when Jaw comes back, he, he moves on to the bench. But during those 25 games, you can at least count on this player to come in and give you 10 minutes a night uh, with some consistency. That's really what you're looking for right now. Uh, if you're the Memphis Grizzlies trying to weather the storm of the first 25 games of the season. You know, it, it was it's funny because my guess was 30 games. Your guess was 20 was 20. So I think really Adam Silver, just as usual, was watching our show and said, OK, I'm gonna, I'm just going to split the difference between Trevor and Keith. And that's what we're going to go with. Noted front office show listener, NBA commissioner Adam Silver was was definitely tuning in, and he was like, you know, those guys are pretty on it. I'm just going to split the difference and go, and you'll get guaranteed. That's how it went down. I'm just a little surprised it wasn't in the press press release, but oh well, it's okay. You know, not next time you'll get us next time around. But yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. You just you 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 have to have something else, right? Tyus Jones, great, but you don't want to put too much on him. I think mm -hmm. Desmond Bain is a pretty good, you know, secondary creator. He can do a lot of things with the ball in his hands. He's improved uh, vastly as a playmaker, probably his most improved skill since he came into the league, but that's, you, you need to have him ready to go for the last, you know, 60 games of the season, right? You, you can't have him, you know, running out of gas, you know, a third of the way through the season because he's been handling a ton of on-ball reps. So so I think all around, you know, this is fair. I think this is, is good. Um, you know, for the Grizzlies, again, timing-wise, it's not good, obviously, for them to be suspended. And now from the John Morant side, figure it out, dude. Like, mm, this, right. hopefully this is, you know, all what it takes to get this, you know, through your head, smarten up, you know, make better decisions. Let's let's be better uh, going forward so that, you know, these kind of things don't happen again. It's, it already maybe cost him an all NBA spot, which cost him, you know, uh, tens of millions of dollars on his contract. And this is going to cost him about seven point six million for the suspension. Uh, just so it's out there that doesn't come off the cap for the Grizzlies, nothing like that. They get a little bit of tax relief because this is an NBA suspension, but, but nothing major. So, so I think it's going to be a uh, situation for him where hopefully he takes this time. It was also noted, can't take part in preseason, uh, can't do training camp, none of that stuff. So he's basically, we'll see, you, you know, like I said, when the schedule comes out, we'll know for sure, but we'll see you, you know, Christmas ish in that range, probably. Oh, could you imagine the potential for shenanigans if, a player getting suspended meant the money came off the cap. Yeah. Well, team, and that's, it's funny with that because team suspensions don't come off the tax. If it's a team suspension right. that gets given, right? Because then teams could be like, hey, we'll make it up to you, you know, later. We're, we're, but we want to dodge the luxury tax. So we're going to suspend you for two games. And, you know, we know that would be, you know, potential for all sorts of nonsense. So, yeah. so yeah. So here, here we are, you know, with, with the league side. But yeah, it's, you know, now, like I said, Get it right, man. Figure it out. Let's go. All right. Uh, the next bit of uh, pretty big news. New oh, ownership other, in, in Washington. Iron drunk. In Charlotte. Oh, in Charlotte. What am I thinking? <laughs> My goodness. I went back. I went back to Wizards Jordan. I was typing these in very quickly. <laughs> man, you threw it way back. I it's went right. way Friday. back. That's where, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm there at this are. morning. But in any event. Uh, the Hornets will have new ownership coming in. 
Michael Jordan selling not his entire stake, but yep. the majority of, of his stake in the Hornets. And I guess, look, I mean, ownership comes and ownership goes. And obviously it's a very, very important factor in terms of decision-making of a team and probably more so than we than we give credit to because it's not as public-facing as some other things that are, that are going on. But what everybody wants to know is, what does this mean for the number two pick? Because now you've got some other voices in the room that are going to weigh in on what the Hornets should do. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. You know, there, there was a definitely a note in there um, in Woj's reporting that MJ. This is just timing related. You know, the draft is is less than a week away. Free agency starts two weeks from today. There's a whole bunch of stuff in there of you know, there's the Jordan's still going to oversee the draft. He'll still be running the team as the majority owner uh, through you know, the next couple of weeks, start a free agency. It'll take a little bit for this to get, uh, to get pushed, pushed through, approved for the vetting process, all that stuff. But that is true, but guaranteed no major decisions, which trading the number two pick in the draft would be a major decision. Nothing mm-hmm. will be made without the two new guys, Gabe Plotkin and, uh, Rick Schnall coming in um, without running it by them, right? You're not going to have MJ say, yeah, let's trade that and let's trade LaMelo and, you know, let's blow up the whole team and here you go. Here's what you're left with, you know, the the rotting carcass of what was the Hornets. Um, That's not going to be how it goes, right? It'll be, those guys will be heavily involved even if MJ is still, you know, for lack of a better term, running things uh, from an ownership side there in Charlotte. But yeah, I, I saw somebody say, I think under his ownership run in 13 years, they made the playoffs twice and only won three playoff games or something like that. Like not, not great. Yeah. Um, MJ's powers of greatness apparently don't, don't extend to (laughs) NBA ownership, but I I do think that this is going, this, you know, could shake things up a bit in terms of what the Hornets are willing to do with that second pick. Are they willing to trade it? What are they going to do with that? Uh, we know, I mean, I think if the Pelicans really want the number two pick or, or really want Scoot, they're going to have to deal with the Hornets and not just wait on the Blazers and see what see if he's there at number three or whatever. So uh, I, it'll be interesting to see how this ultimately affects things. But yeah, if you're new ownership coming in, you have to have a say in the decision-making process here, even mm. if they haven't officially you know, been handed the keys or whatever, because of, like you said, the potential is there for everything you just bought to get burned to the ground in the meantime. You can't have that happen. You need to have a say in what's going on. Yeah, exactly. You're, yeah, you're, you're not going to turn it into, to a spot where it is, you know, Hey, we made all this and now pick up all the pieces yourself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there guys, we see your questions coming in. We will get to all of them. We promise we're, we're just running through the, the big news. A lot, a lot of news uh, drop for, for what a Friday morning, right? Right. For just news, news, news. So let, let, I think I don't really have anything else to say on an ownership change. No, Charlotte, you know, hopefully this ends up being a good thing for the Hornets and they're, they're ready to go. So, uh, you know, hopefully be able to, that all holds together and everything ends up. Okay. Yeah, and, and uh, here we'll move on to the next topic here. But I I was throwing together topics very quickly as we started the show. Once we go live, I kind of have a limited window to put them in. <laughs> but um, I know there's other stuff that I didn't get to yet. Uh, in the, the five-minute run-on talk that I do, you can't type up little uh, headline news pieces? Come on. Well, man. I can, but then apparently I put the wrong city in. <laughs> so you just never know. Um, Love it. The, the Spurs want Victor Weminyama to play in Vegas at Summer League, at least to some degree. You know, maybe he plays night one and, and then that's it. That could be what we see. I don't know. But uh, but the Spurs, it's not going to be, hey, he's playing 
uh, for his French team. And so he's just not going to play at all. They want him to play at least a little bit uh, at Summer League in Vegas, which, I mean, as somebody who's going to Summer League, yes, let, let's please do this. Let's yep, have we all win. on the play, please. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, even if it's only a gamer. And that's all it would be for him yeah. anyway. There, there's some potential that he could play in that California Classic. They're, they're playing in that in Sacramento. Um, so we'll see, you know, if they wanted to to go that way but they, my guess is they'll probably say he's gonna sit that out to you know recover from the french season mm-hmm. you know cameo appearance in in las vegas for a game or two pro- probably on uh the opening night likely against whoever the number two pick is we just know how this game is played yep. and then 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 they'll uh you know sit him after that and then, then we'll see him next in in the preseason uh, with san antonio but you know that that's you know that that's fine it, it's it's so funny too how we're already like we're so deep into I mean just let let it be done. Can we just start the draft at two? Like right. you know, do we do we even need to spend any time on this? It's funny because I had someone tell me in the league this week that said, Hey, we called the Spurs, and they said if you even mention the draft pick, we're hanging up the phone. They're like, There's not there's literally nothing you could offer us. And they were like, No, it was about something else, you know, going on there. But it's just funny, right? There, there's there's nothing you could offer them, you know, that's reasonable. There's maybe a handful of guys, and it's it's a very small handful of guys that you could get. But I mean, you, you could offer, you know, when OKC had their full like four hundred draft pick stash, yeah, they could offer it every single one of them. And you know, the Spurs still would have said no. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's what superstars are worth in today's NBA. And the thought is that Weminyama could indeed be a super, super duper star, like a game changer in the league. So I don't blame the Spurs for that. I did think it was funny that word went out. It was probably just the way it was presented, but it was floating around. I think it was yesterday or day before that if you're calling about Victor Weminyama, the Spurs won't even pick up the phone. And somebody on Twitter responded and said, how do they know what you're calling about if they're not going to pick, <laughs> up, pick up the phone? Yeah. Okay, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Well, um, it used to be the joke, right, of like, like if you back when Danny Ainge was making a million trades and it felt like he won every one of them, if you saw the 617, which is the Boston area code, pop up, like you were like, nope, don't answer it. Don't answer it. You're going to end up, you're going to feel bad after you do. Like, you know, that, that, that we're not home. For a bit. We're yeah, not exactly. home. <laughs> we're screening our calls. Remember those days? <laughs> answering oh, machines? Yeah. <laughs> and you yep. let it go to the answering machine. That's now right. what's funny That's... is right, just quick quick aside, my my wife has to contact college age kids all the time. And oh, one of the things that happens answer. is they don't answer the phone and none of them have their voicemail set up either. No. So you know, it's basically like, hey, can you just text me? And it's like, yeah, like I don't know. I, I we'll, we'll do old guy corner some other day. I'm, I'm no, I, I do the same thing, man. People call people call me, unless it's somebody that if it's a number I don't know, I don't answer it. Oh yeah. And then yeah. and then if I if I text somebody, don't turn around and call me, man. <laughs> like that's that drives you know me crazy too. Tough though for like, and I'm sure you go through this too. I do when you're driving, and you do so many radio spots around yeah. the country that like. It's like, I don't know where this yes. is coming from. Like, uh, I'm going to have to pick it up because, you know, it could, could be, you know, somebody from radio and those kind of things. And, then, and yes. then every once in a while they get me. And it's always one of those where it's like, hello, and they don't reply. And then like, oh, hi, you know, we're, we're right. you're wondering, you know, and it's always some nonsense. And then I'm like, no, I'm not interested in your scam. And sometimes they get really mad. And then I just hang up anyway. But yeah. I tend to do a pretty good job like keeping track of my radio hits and at least having an idea sure. of wh- what I'm on when. But yeah. every once in a while, yeah, my phone will ring and it'll say like, you know, wherever. And I'm like, 
Oh no, was, was I? Yeah. Did I say I would do a radio spot here? <laughs> yep. And then I, you know, but um, my the, dad with the scam guys because he he's he's retired and does nothing all day. He gets him on the phone and he'll stay on the phone with him for like a half hour. You know, just, just running them. Time. Yeah, just to <laughs> just to you know mess with them the entire time. You know, and asks idiotic questions and and he gets so much joy out of it. Like it's you know, so hey, good for him. Yeah, we're showing our age for sure. That's uh, right. Chat, chat reminds us. Yes, we're old. If you couldn't couldn't tell already. That's right. I, I come. References. I come from a family of people who just we don't talk on the phone. It's just not really what we do. Uh, I wish. So I've I've adapted fairly well to the new the new reality of, uh, you know, nobody wants to interact with each other anymore. Uh, the Nets, potentially it, there it is. The Beal the Bells. Bell. I need to, uh, I need to make up a, a, I'll do it this weekend. I need to make up like a video package for that. But the Beal Bells are sounding and the Nets could indeed be in the mix here for Bradley Beal. Um, there's a lot of teams though that could be, I still think Miami makes the most sense, but, we're going to hear a number of different teams pop up here and there with interest, but the nets are, I don't know what the nets are doing. You know, like where are the nets going right now? Are they going into a rebuild? What are they targeting? Bradley Beal is a little bit of a surprise if that's indeed legit. Yeah. I mean, you've got some pretty solid pieces, right? So sure. if you felt like hey, Beal can really put us in the mix to step forward in the East around Mikhail Bridges and uh, you know, Cam Johnson, who I know we're going to talk about here in a second, why not, right? If you think you could get them, my question would be, how are you going to get them, right? You 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 don't have all your picks. You've got some picks coming from the Suns, but question on how great are those picks? You know, we'll see. Mm -hmm. They've got picks coming from from Philly too. You know, I don't know that Washington's going to be all thrilled to take on Ben Simmons' salary as the main salary match there. But I, I don't know. Maybe you could throw together enough of a package. But it's funny because I saw this, and then I saw some people say, "Hey, do you think they could, uh, you know, get Mikhail Bridges, you know, or Cam Johnson or somebody?" No, because the Nets would be doing this to put them with those guys. Right. They would not be, exactly. you know, look, looking to do that kind of move. So, you know, and they're, they're, they're young kids like uh, Cam Thomas and Deron, they don't have that kind of value. You know, as fun as, you know, that Cam Thomas explosion for that's a right. week or two was there, you know, last season after the trade deadline, they, that's just not the kind of value those guys have. So I think we're, we're in a spot where it's, you know, probably doesn't happen, but, you know, hey, why not? And it gave us a chance to play the Beal Bells, which That's right. shout out to the shockingly small number of people who recognized that that was Hell's Bells by ACDC. It's I got a lot, a lot of For Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallica. Yeah, not, yeah. and not, I it was not the Undertaker's theme music. No, it's, yeah. you know, it's Hell's Bells by, by ACDC. I gave myself a little bit of credit there because when you played that for me yesterday before we went on the show, I got it. Like it, my brain went straight to ACDC and, and I could see where you could mix it up and you could go Metallica. You could go for whom the bell tolls. You could go the undertaker, right? You're hearing that, that gong sound. Um, so I give myself some credit, you know, as much as like, I'm getting older, I'm forgetting things and stuff like that. <laughs> I did not forget ACDC. And so I need to uh, give myself a little pat on the back for that one. Um, I, I think with the nets, with Bradley Beal in general, if I'm going to get Bradley Beal, I want him to be, my second guy, right? Yeah. If I'm going to go after Bradley Beal, I want to already have my 1A guy in place. I don't want Beal to come in and have to be my 1A guy. I don't think that's what he is in the best case scenario. If you want to really contend, which if you're going to pay Bradley Beal what he's going to cost, you need him to be your second guy. And that, when I look at the Nets, are you convinced that 
Mikel Bridges is your 1A guy. Maybe he will be, but I don't know that we can say that definitively just yet. I think that's where I get tripped up seeing the Nets name connected to Bradley Beal. I just don't know if it makes sense in that regard. Do you want to be the team to pay Bradley Beal and then potentially have him be your 1A guy? I don't want to do that. Yeah, I think also with with Bradley Beal, the availability keeps him yeah. from being the guy you, you know, because when I think 1A guy too, especially on the offensive end, I'm thinking the guy you craft your entire offensive, you know, attack plan around, right? And, and obviously you're going to have other guys and other variations, but you're really planning on, all right, this is my guy. We're going to build a lot of our stuff around his unique skill set and talents and whatever it is that he brings to the, to the table. And if it's a guy like Beal who, I don't know that I'm going to have him for more than 55 or so games in a season. That gets very worrisome there. So I'm with you. I would much rather at this point in his career, even if he's paid like a, you know, number one, not even, you know, I don't know, like zero, because that's mm-hmm. the only higher. I, I don't know. I'm making, making no sense here, but he's paid like a superstar number one guy. He, you know, you, that's, kind of sunk cost you you accept that for what it is if you're getting into the bo business but you got to build the rest of your roster out around that uh, to some extent so i'm with you knocking down a peg or two uh in your list have you noticed uh, maybe this is just me bradley beal is a first name and last name guy like when i say his name he's i'm always first name and last name bradley beal yeah there's some other players where i just say the last name there's some other guys where it's just first name zion right lebron it's just first name some other guys it's the nickname, like I already know, Wembenyama. I'm just going to say Wemby a bunch, <laughs> yeah. right? But Bradley Beal, I don't. Maybe it's the alliteration, but he's a first name and last name guy to me. Yeah, I'm with you. Remember when Twitter was so limited on characters? Yeah. We had stupid little abbreviations for everybody because you had to like, like everyone. You, you like imagine Wembenyama. That was half your characters. Back <laughs> that's back that's the whole tweet, out, right? It's like yeah, Wembenyama, right? So he would have probably would have just become Wem or Vic. Right. It probably would have just yeah. been sick, you know, by, by the end for sure. Yeah. And Dan, the man says it's the alliteration for sure with, with Bradley mm-hmm. Beal. It always throws me off. Jason Tatum, who's close friends with him, calls him Brad. And that always feels a little oh, odd yeah. to me. He calls him Brad Beal, which, you know, that sounds cool, I guess. So, you know, there. But yeah, it's, it, it is interesting uh, with, with that one. Yeah. Uh, I don't even want to reference this, but somebody said Imagine Dragons is better than ACDC. Like, I, We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I don't mind Imagine Dragons, but that's, I mean, ACDC's classic. Like, yeah. Whoa, whoa, what are we doing? Wow. That is a, that's the Back in Black album, too. That's an outstanding album. I mm-hmm. might have listened to that a little bit yesterday while I did a little bit of writing. Did you? Well done. Oh, yeah. Well yep. done. Yeah. Well done. Um, all right, we should, I guess we should talk about Cam Johnson and, and his future. So the Nets, as as teams should do with a player that they would like to keep, um, that's going to be restricted. They're putting out there that they'll you know they'll match contract offers. But it, according to Mark Stein, the Nets feel very confident that they're going to keep him, and and maybe not just hey we're going to match any offer, but they may just come to terms on on a deal with him. And so it sounds like Cam Johnson is going to be going anywhere. And, and this makes sense. Look, he's one of the pieces that they got back. For Kevin Durant, still a young player. He's a shooter. He's a wing. Something a lot of teams in the NBA are looking for. I don't see why they would they would want to move on from Cam Johnson at this point. Yeah, Cam Johnson is in a place where he is probably going to get a lot more money than I think people are thinking. And that's in part because he's pretty good. And he took mm-hmm. major steps forward around the injury last year and i think the nets are seeing him as all right this guy's a key part of our future here and that's why they're probably right the, the nba cracked down a couple years back on team saying we'll match any offer right because they right because it, it kind of scaring away know, offers yeah it, it makes the, the system even messier for restricted guys than it already is but i think what's interesting here is it's probably more of a unless it gets super silly with the uh stuff it's going to be um Yo, it's going to be, yeah, the Nets will just, you know, they'd either match yeah. or, or probably, like you said, and the reporting is probably more likely they just get something done with him themselves. Yeah, if they're not the ones saying it, if it's mm-hmm. you or I saying, sure. hey, I think the Nets are going to match any offer. Like the Nets could be whispering in our ear and saying, hey, we'll match any offer. Why don't you, you know, put that out there. Um, they Stuff like that is, is how they can get away with, um, with still putting it out there that, hey, like, don't waste your time putting in an offer here because we're going to match no matter what you're just going to burn your money although now it's just 24 hours instead of 48 and it was longer yeah. than that before um so the the deterrent from submitting an offer to a restricted free agent is now less than it ever has been before but uh, nonetheless I, I think cam johnson winds up sticking with the nets and uh it'll be interesting to see what that deal comes in at uh, dorian finney smith though is a name that's popped up on the trade market um they added Royce him yeah and royce o'neill so it's interesting because they've got kind of a glut of wings there are a lot of teams that are looking for wings i wonder what kind of what the value is now because finney smith wasn't great this past season i wonder what the value is for royce o'neill and dorian finney smith at this point yeah o'neill only 9.5 million right you'd end up guaranteeing that if you traded for him so that's interesting i also wonder you know could you squeeze some form of value if you don't end up just keeping keeping him out of joe harris you know expiring contract at 19.9 million that's a lot of money for joe harris but you know when he's been fully healthy he's been one of the best shooters in the league so if you're one of these teams that has either space or a very you know easily tradable contract and you're like man what we need is one more shooter to kind of put us over the top maybe they do get involved in a joe harris deal you know that could could make some sense and then you know just be something that uh clears things up for the Nets. Well, what's, what's kind of interesting for the Nets too is as crazy as it sounds. I mean, Simmons is like a year out from having, you know, at least 
semi value as an expiring contract. Um, you know, th- this year doesn't, he still got two years left, but you know, and then if he, you know, obviously if, you know, he, which we hope he makes it back on the floor and he can play and plays well, then, you know, may- maybe it all ends up okay. But you know, net nets are fun, man. And this is when Sean Marks has done good work in the past when, when he's had to kind of, you know, rebuild on the fly like this. So uh, I'm interested to see what he does. I like completely forgot that Ben Simmons is even on the nets. I mean, not like I forgot, forget, but like when I think about the team, I don't think about him at all. Little Taylor but, Swift forgot that you existed. Is that where we're going with this? I, I don't know. You walk in the Taylor Swift world. My <laughs> yeah, daughter's do, not yeah, old yet, yet for that, but I'm a but, Swiftie. Yeah. I'll admit it. <laughs> Keith Swiftie. <laughs> um, all right, let's last topic before we get into all of our comments coming in. We've got plenty of them to, to dive into here. Um, Dallas, our last topic, Dallas moving on from Christian Wood. This is from Mark Stein, who is as plugged in with the Dallas Mavericks. That's where his home base is. Uh, as plugged in with as anybody with the Mavs. Uh, says, look, the, the Mavs, it, we didn't get the under no circumstances like we did with Dylan Brooks, but it sounds like the Mavs are, are not even going to offer Christian Wood a contract. So he will be somewhere else next year i still think he's probably like a mid-level exception type player but we've talked about this before i thought christian wood was going to be a great fit in dallas and the fact that it didn't work out makes me wonder you know what exactly went wrong and is it all just because of on the court fit or is there other stuff going on there yeah for sure you you do have to wonder that my my guess is it's probably I'm not going to say there's anything necessary off the court, but I'm guessing it's, he's been known to be, you know, kind of a, you know, guy who's had attitude issues in the past. I mean, he walked out of a game in Houston uh, Mm -hmm. because he wouldn't go back. You know, they, they, they didn't put him back in the game and he was upset and all that stuff happened. So, you know, when things kind of went sideways in Dallas, you know, I'm sure he wasn't very happy, but the talent is still there. This is a guy who can still score and rebound. He's not a great defender. He can block some shots, but you know, that's, one of the more can be one of the more overrated skills, you know, for a defensive player, depending on how you're getting, getting those blocks. The dog is snoring like crazy under the desk. I don't know if you can hear it, um, if it's coming through or not, but it's really loud. Um, Don't they know that it's front office Friday? Come on. The energy level is high. You can't sleep through this. I don't know how they sleep. They sleep through everything, man. I'm so jealous. (laughs) Next life, man. I want to come back as a dog and a dog in the Smith family because they they get treated better than I do uh, most of the time around here. But um, yeah, with Christian Wood, you know, maybe a mid-level target for somebody, but it might even be one of those where he doesn't even get the full mid-level. It might be one of those ones where it's, hey, we're going to carve out a little bit of the mid-level for a second guy or, you know, some kind of other signing or, or whatever. We've, we've got the Palenka exception now, so you don't really need to do that with your second round picks anymore that that that's a new, new thing that exists, but it's uh yeah, with, with uh, Christian Wood, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. Cause I think, I have a feeling you and I may be higher on him than the uh, yeah. actual NBA uh, you know, front offices are. So, so, so we'll see what it looks like. Yeah. And, and he's one where he could get an MLE or mm-hmm. maybe the market dries up and then we'll see. But again, there's not a lot out there in free agency. So I tend to think a, a fairly skilled big is going to get paid, but, I certainly don't think it's going to be like a long-term deal or anything like that or anything. You know, he's not getting 20 million. He's he's certainly not getting there. So now assuming Dallas resigns Kyrie Irving, which I think is the expected path uh-huh. now by most 
fairly limited in how else they can build out the roster. Maybe a sign and trade, right? That, that could be a way for him to get, you know, a bit more than the MLE if it was, hey, we're going to give him a little bit more money to put him sure. in a trade to fill, fill out the roster, you know, somewhere else. So so we'll see, you know, that 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 could be, you know, on the table as well, um, you know, for a guy like him. But, you know, for the most part, I think, you know, Dallas has figured out, Hey, what's better for us is defenders, screeners, and, and rim rollers at the yep. big position. That's what we need around around Luca. And obviously, if Kyrie's going to be in the mix there, you, you really want that too. You don't need somebody who's going to need 15 shots a night, you know, taking the ball out of those guys' hands and those kind of things. You need somebody who's just finish around the rim. You know, when we throw it up there, go up and get it and you know, put, put the ball in the hoop. Do the dirty work. Do the yep. dirty work. Which hey, uh, two more things before we get yeah. into questions though. Uh-huh. We should have led the, the the whole show with the biggest news of the day. Danilo Gallinari picked up his player option. With he did indeed. Yeah, that was, As, yeah, uh, he missed that's... the whole season. That was expected, yeah. right? Like yeah. there was no surprise mm-hmm. in Boston that no he picked surprise. up that option. Yeah. And okay. you know, for the Celtics, it's fine, right? I, I think they they were super excited about him going into last year, and mm-hmm. fortunately, you know, playing in EuroBasket tour tour the ACL. So uh, I think they're you know pretty excited to see now. Question will be. Sometimes people say those things don't really hurt you if you know they're uh, you know if you don't rely on athleticism anyway. But sometimes when you don't have a lot of athleticism, it wipes out the little that's left. Yeah. That becomes a problem. But you know, I think Colinari will probably be fine. You know, they, they, you know, we'll find out pretty quickly here. We'll we'll know by you know well ahead of the trade deadline. And then if nothing else, you know, it becomes six point eight million a salary matching in a trade. And then Mike D- Dunleavy Jr. The real yes. thing I was going to go to the new GM of the Golden State Warriors. Not unexpected. I think we thought that's probably where this was going to go, but Warriors locking that in. Um, pr- pretty quick rise for Dunleavy. He was a scout in 2018, and then as you know, advanced a few levels, now he's going to run the run the show for, for the Warriors uh, moving forward. So, again, not unexpected, but you know, good, good for him for you know, making it happen that quick. Didn't the Warriors draft him like number three yeah. or something one year? Way so, back, yeah, I don't yeah way, what number, way, but yeah. Way back in the in the day, um, so they're saying, he had the "Hey, Josh look, we Giddy hair back then." Remember, he that's had the, like, right. Long, that's flowing, right. Flowing locks and and all that. So, yeah. So they're just saying, "Look, we we have to finally recoup some value on that draft pick. <laughs> so you need to do some good things for us as as our new GM." Um, well, yeah. The, uh, the Warriors had those like orange and blue jerseys back yes, in the day. Yeah, right. If you remember, yeah, man, those those mm-hmm. were the days back then. Those were the days. Those were the days. back when um you know Oakland still had sports teams. Uh, oh, oh, that man. hurts. Did you see those comments by, by Rob Manfred? What a jerk. Like, just what, you, what did he say? Oh, my God. So they did the whole reverse boycott where they yeah, tried to get a ton of fans. And he goes, well, it was nice to see what's an average MLB crowd for a change, you know, show up to support the team. And then he's like, look, you know, they, they don't support the team. And, you know, just every comedy made was a little bit worse. Just, you know, we're, you know just crappy stuff out of him so That's, you know i mean yeah. I, I get it I, I i understand if you think the best thing is for the team to move to las vegas we don't need to crap on the fans who are you know hurting because no. they're losing their team you know that's just you know, whatever. burning them on the way out yeah that's that's yeah. not that's not good yeah. all right uh nathan submits a question via super chat said in drafting what are the top three easiest and most difficult areas to develop uh, i don't know if i want to do top three but we'll at least come up with a few uh, do you gamble on shot improvement or off-ball defense improving? So if a player is not good at a, a particular skill set, what do you look at and say that could be fixed and that can't be be fixed? 
yeah, it's skills are what's there, not necessarily the the natural talent and athleticism. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the right, if a guy can't run and jump, you're probably not going to make him able to run and jump, right? That's no. just just you know where this is. Now, some guys you could come in, you can improve their body. You know, strength is that's the easiest one to pick. Every single guy comes into the NBA. You know, e- even the ones where it's like, man, this guy's got an NBA body. Look at them two years later, and they look completely different. Like mm-hmm. it's it is unbelievable the transformation those you know the vast majority of these guys go through. So that's that's the easiest pick on the board is you know strength. After that, I tend to think it's um, off ball defense. Uh, yeah. I think in the college level because there's a lot of zone being played, and there's a lot of especially for the best players, the focus is not generally on defense. I tend to think that's something where you know teams kind of get them in there because for most teams, if you can't at least hold your own on the floor and execute scheme wise, they're not going to play you no matter how good your talent is. You have to be able, you're, you can't be a complete mess out there and leaving the other four guys out to dry because you, you don't know what you're doing. So that's probably the biggest one. And then offensively, um, it, it this kind of, that's really player dependent because some guys come in and they get improved as shooters. Um, other mm-hmm. guys come in and it's, you know, on ball playmaking other guys, it's, you know, just, you know, general IQ and awareness um, on the court. So that, that one's more um, player dependent. I, I don't know. And I don't know that any of these are necessarily super easy. They all take time. They take effort. Yeah. And this is why every team has invested heavily in player development coaches. All the players have their own skill trainers and all those things. And the ones who do it best are the ones where, the skill trainer is engaged with the team and they work together on a development plan for a player. Cause you don't, the last thing you need is the team saying, Hey, we want you to work on your finishing around the rim. And then the skill guys like, let's work on your three point shot all summer long. Like that, that, that never ends up generally going very well. Right. Exactly. And you know what? Like, I think you're right. As far as the, you can't take a guy who's not a freak athlete and turn him into a freak athlete. You can make a guy, better you can put a guy in better physical condition guys can get stronger guys can get faster but they also have to have that natural kind of inherent athleticism to them and if they don't have it well you're not going to just develop that or anything else but um i think shooting is something that can indeed come around it takes a long time it often isn't overnight it's not like one season a guy is a bad shooter and the next season he's a good shooter but the guy i always go to is jason kidd who went into the nba as a non-three-point shooter and left the nba as essentially only a three-point shooter. Again, that's like a 20-year career, though. It takes time for this stuff to happen, but I think there are skills that guys can indeed develop. They can change who they are as players. Sometimes uh, the other guy that I think of a lot is Andrew Bogut, who went into the NBA, and all people were raving about was, oh, my gosh, his offensive touch around the rim and he's got all these different moves and everything by the end of his nba career he is pretty much just a defense a a rim protecting and rebounding center who does not get post touches at all like who a player is as a as a basketball player can evolve over time and you can develop things and brooke lopez being another great example yeah didn't shoot the three and then became a three-point shooter literally showed up one year and was like Bombs away. Here we go. Right. Like it was I think crazy. he could he could always shoot it a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so that's where people will look at that and say, Well, what do you mean? You can't just develop shooting over an offseason. Brooke Lopez did. He could always shoot a little bit. I think yeah, people just looked at him went shooter, always you know, a guy yeah. who had, had pretty good touch on a 15, 18 foot jumper. And then he finally had a coach who was like, Hey, push Give that him the back. green light. Like, well, let's let's go with that. So yeah, right. man, I, I think I think it's really good. Yeah, you know, I, I think this was a good question. For sure.
Sorry, Akeem uh, Willie. I'm trying not to be so boring for you. You know, you can tune <laughs> out if, if, I'm, if I'm putting you to sleep. Oh, to- it's a uh, troll Friday, I guess. There, yeah, really. Kids um, are out of school. Said, will you guys be at California Classic in Sacramento? No, will not be at uh, at Summer League in Las Vegas, but will not be at the California Classic in Sacramento. I want to spend Fourth of July with my family and and all that kind of stuff, so will not yeah. be there. I'll be uh, watching, and no no games on the fourth uh, this year in uh, yeah California or Salt Lake City. They're 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 playing the third third and fifth in Sacramento, and then I think the third fifth and sixth in uh, Salt Lake City. So I'll be watching the games, but not not going to any of those. Yeah uh doug mcmenamin are you related to dave in some way uh <laughs> detroit fan here boyan trade more picks love your pod so what are you doing if you're detroit and you do decide like i don't strictly from i understand if detroit wants to keep boyan i think there's some reason to do that i don't think it's crazy to do it but strictly from a value perspective you're probably going to get more if you trade Boyan this summer than if you were to trade him next summer. Maybe they decide we're not going to trade him, period, and we're just going to keep him. I'm not saying they have to trade him. But from a value perspective, you're getting more for him now than you're likely to get for him next summer when he's 35 years old. So what what are you trying to get if you're Detroit and you decide you want to move him? Yeah, I think if the idea is let's try to win and be a competitive team and push forward, try to compete for a playing spot this coming year, you keep him. But Monty Williams has a long-term contract. So you may mm-hmm. be looking at that as a, hey, we can wait a little bit, right? We can be a little bit more patient. We can build more around youth. But my thought is they did not trade him at the trade deadline last year when they could have probably gotten some really nice stuff back. So it's probably start out the year this year. But this trade deadline, if you're you know not where you want to be right in your clearly not going to be in the mix for the play-in tournament, then you probably look to trade him for, you know, young players, draft mm-hmm. picks, whatever the assets are going for. Cause he has a super movable number and it feels like he's a guy who is not going to um, fall off. Right. He's, he's just been continually good, you know, every single year. So I think he's going to continue to be a really solid player. All right. I agree with all of that. Mission 86 performance at Happy Friday. Trevor mentioned something a few days ago that made me wonder what would happen if a team had clear books and something absurd like three first round and second round picks. Would Adam Silver's head explode? Um, what so. was it that I said that that created that? Um, hey, that it might have been but- me because I can't remember if we've talked about it before. So maybe. I may be be, be confused and, uh, you know, our guy here can tell us in the chat whatever it was that triggered this question. But I've always said one of my dreams is a completely clear cap sheet, right? Like every year in the team, I just kind of funny because it's your team is the Lakers because they're the closest to it because they have so little long term money on the books. So one of my and it's not for the Lakers to have a completely clear. It's anybody. I've always wanted a team to literally hit the offseason with no one under contract. And just see, you know, here's a hundred million dollars in cap space. What does it look like to, you know, build literally a team from scratch? But yeah, it's that I don't think Adam Silver's head. I think you'd say, okay, that's a path you chose. Good luck with whatever it is you do going forward. You know, you would have a lot to spend, but you would also have to spend a lot. Now, I mean, you could take on salaries via trade that would open up a lot of possibilities there. But um, if you just if you weren't going to do that, let's say you weren't going to flip a pick for a player that makes 30 million or something and there you eat up 30 million you would have to spend a lot in free agency just to hit the salary floor 
And now again, you don't necessarily have to, you can just pay out the difference to the players that are on your team, but still you'd have a lot, a lot to do. And I don't think it's ideally where teams want to be, where they're just completely starting from scratch. But I mean, they, you'd have a few picks to do something with. It would be interesting to see how it would all play out. If nothing yeah, else. he said in the chat, he said a situation where a team had more picks than roster spots. Um, um, that, I mean, we're getting there, right? That's yeah. Oklahoma City is essentially in that place. That's why they've they've moved. Pit. They really only have kind of one or maybe two open roster spots, and that's why they moved a, a pick here to kind of kick the can down the road a little mm-hmm. bit uh, with that trade with the Nuggets. So I mean, we're we're there. We we're we're in that spot right now. We're you know they, they've only got one or two. I think they've got a first round pick and a second round pick still, and we'll we'll see. You know, so that, that's going to be going to be a way. Um, Ali, we did answer your super chat. We were we are not going to the California Classic, right? And then Ali also asked, uh, "Did you guys watch the new Spider Verse movie?" Have not at this point. Um, Flash, I would like to go see it. I have a heart. It's my daughter's at an age where it's tough to go take her to the movies if I don't know like what's in it. Like some of the sure. Marvel movies are not so great for DC's the same uh, because she's six. In a few years, I'll probably go back to just going to all of them, like I was for a while there, um, pre pre kid. But uh, right now, most of the time, I'm waiting for them to come out on streaming services and then watching them that way. So I'm seeing them like a few months after. Like I just watched Quantum Mania a few weeks ago. Yeah, I, I I do not have time. Like like I just dude, everything's basketball right now mm-hmm. for me. So you know, at some point, I'm gonna watch. I haven't even seen the original spider verse movie so uh, i'm gonna sit down we, we have that i think that's also on maybe on disney plus i don't know but if it isn't we'll we'll watch uh that and then um you know i, I will carve out time to watch uh, secret invasion is starting yes i think it's next week i think it's on the the, the the night before the draft um is when it starts so or the day before the draft so i'll definitely definitely watch that that'll be my break but hey everything's bad i mean i still have like I mean, the drafts is less than a week away, and I still have like twenty five guys I want to try to get familiar with. I'm I'm, I'm not going to make it at this point. There's too many other things going on. I've got a lot of writing to still do. So yeah, there, there's just no time for stuff like that today. It, it is a, in a little while. I I am still in the midst of um, making my way through Sam Vicini's uh, War and Peace <laughs> novel yeah. of of a draft guide. <laughs> It's so good, though. It's so So it's great. He's even got like these are his parents' names, and this is like all kinds of stuff in there. That thing needs to come out in like January, though. Right? You're gonna have any chance to to read it. I'm gonna need to become like a speed reader, like Chris Traeger or something, to get get through the thing. Uh, (laughs) Somebody said, "Is is your wedding anniversary on draft day?" It's not, but my um wife's birthday often falls on nba draft day which is, oh. is equally as bad thankfully she is you know the best and the most patient person in the world with all of this nonsense and then we, we we make that stuff uh you know we'll work around that we we, we take care of her uh, on another day but yeah it's never great you, you do what you have to do uh in, in for this job because the NBA does not build a schedule around us. That's that's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, Ada said, thanks for I'm a Nets fan. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, two nice guys. Big fan of the show. Happy I could uh, be joined alive. Who is a role player on a bottom 10 team that could help a top 10 team if traded? Like Aaron Gordon for Denver. Okay, so role player on a bottom 10. So when we're talking bottom 10 team, though, I mean... There's, there's a number of guys that we can get into, but 
Like I want to look at like the Portland Trailblazers. They're like they were obviously a bottom ten team, but I don't think they're going to be a bottom ten team this year. Let's think about who is actually going to be potentially a seller on the market. Um, which I mean, is we also talked tough. about Bogdanovich. Sure, Bogdanovich could be. Um, I'm just running through them. I think Zach Collins could really help a team. I don't think the Spurs move on from him though. Yeah, Doug he was McDermott. Pretty, he, he was pretty good for them. I think Doug McDermott still can play. You know, still mm-hmm. still a good player. Um, all right, I'll, I'll give you one that I I kind of like. I don't think he's. Well, we'll see which direction they go. Kenyon Martin Jr. on Houston, yes, I like really that. you know improved big big time. Uh, if you could put him on a team where they are really um, you know they're they're really in a spot where it's um, good passers just has to cut make open jump shots much like Aaron Gordon and play defense he, he could he could definitely be another Aaron Gordon type I think one that we've talked about a lot now again you'd be going after him in free agency but Drew Eubanks um yeah it could be yeah, a guy that could just step in but not but in terms of an Aaron Gordon role like a guy who gets but Aaron Gordon also got traded for quite a bit oddly enough uh, the guy who he got traded for Gary Harris mm-hmm. still really good you know, could yeah, could definitely help any number of teams um, that are looking for guards. So, yeah, yeah, there's definitely, you know, there, there's a lot of guys out there. You know, the, the good news, I think, for the league is I don't know that we're hit. Tell me a team that we're hitting this summer right now knowing they're trying to be bad. I don't know that there necessarily is a team right. where you can, without a doubt, say they're going to be not good, right? Like, it'll happen. For sure, someone's gonna pivot. Someone's gonna go different direction. Part of that's driven by this is not a very good draft coming up. Apparently, it's, it seems like it's one of the not this one in twenty twenty five in twenty twenty four. Um, yeah, it was, it was supposed to be not very good. So, so we'll see. You know, ultimately where where that one goes. Yeah, that that's it. That's it. Um, all right, we've got two nice guys. Said Keith, what moves would you like to see the Celtics make this summer? Do you run it back or trade some pieces? Outside of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, uh, I think go for it. Mostly run it back. I maybe a Malcolm Brogdon trade. I've been on the record saying you've got a fully healthy year outside. He got hurt in the final or East Finals, which you know stinks. But Brogdon was you know basically healthy this season for the first time since his rookie year. I'm not sure you're going to get another one of those. So that part worries me. He's a guy who's generally tended to miss around half a season. Uh, makes a lot of money, third most money on the team at $22.5 million. So I would maybe look to, to trade him, rebalance things a little bit there. Um, but other than that, it moves around the edges, and I think you mostly run it back, hope for better health and a little bit better shooting luck. I, I know that's not anything anybody really necessarily wants to hear, but you have a better assistant coaches around Joe Missoula, Sure, he'll improve in his next year, and you know all the pieces are there. They're in Game Seven of the East Finals. You know, it's not. It's I know it. It feels worse than it probably really is, but you know, it's you know I, I'm not in the you know uh, direction of you know let's really blow things up and go crazy on this. Yeah, that's that's what happens, and it's happening for the Lakers too. All I'm hearing is, "What do you do to beat Denver? What do you do to beat Denver?" I'm like, well, if you're trapped in a in that moment, right, like then you're kind of you miss out on some of the bigger pictures so just like the celtics if you say oh my gosh we didn't make it to the finals this is awful tear it all down you can overcorrect, right Mm -hmm. if you only build a team to deal with denver then you can run into problems with other (laughs) other situations right like that's same thing with the celtics if you go oh my gosh we didn't make it to the finals quick major changes whoops next thing you know you've got russell westbrook right like that's that's what happens 
That's the way it goes. You can overcorrect in situations like this. So I, I do think that the Celtics probably, you make a few tweaks, maybe it's a trade here or there, but I don't think you have to do anything too crazy at this point. Nope. I agree. Uh, Esham said, do you think Kyle Kuzma fits on the Pistons? I think Kyle Kuzma fits just about anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Yeah, I, in, in general, yes. I, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of Kyle Kuzma. I think he really showed over the last couple of years in Washington real improvement, especially in his um, playmaking part of his game still he's not a great defender he's never going to be a great defender and that's that's fine right not very few guys are everything um but terrific score good on ball good off ball uh you know has a nice spot up game he's another guy could probably benefit from playing with better passers you know i Mm -hmm. think that would cause him to cut more and those kind of things um like like that but you know decent rebounder for his position not not great but but good enough to to be that pistons are a little bit weird because you've got You've got Bogdanovich. You've got a million bigs there. So that fit seems a little – I'd love him on a team like the Pacers, um, who I yeah. think could use another score, another you know, actual forward, not just you know, a guard playing forward, but a real forward-sized guy. I think if they wanted to do something like this to try to – you know, all right, well, we got one Binyama coming in and maybe try to be better than we thought right away. Spurs could be a really good fit for him too. He's a pr- pretty good player. Yeah, I think that he, there's a lot of places where he makes sense just because he does have that versatile skill set. A lot of teams need wings. He's got the ability to shoot from the outside a bit. But yeah, you put him next to a Wembenyama, you put him next to a Miles Turner, that, that makes a lot of sense um, because you're providing that that floor spacing, you're providing that offensive punch and the versatility and switchability that, that Kyle Kuzma has. So I think that he's going to get he's gonna get paid this year. And now, look, at the trade deadline, we said, okay, Washington is keeping him, no question. And now it's looking like that's not the case. So he's going to be one of the guys certainly to keep an eye on uh, here in free agency. That could be, I think there's a lot of teams that are going to put in offers for him. Yeah. Yeah. The new front office, I think says, see you later. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, that's probably going to be the direction. Cause I think for them, if you're fully rebuilding, it doesn't make any sense to give Kyle Kuzma, you know, $25 million a year or more, yeah. you know, just cause, cause you're not headed in the right direction with him. All right, Top Dollar said apologies if he's just, if he said it, but I'd like Keith's view on declining Beasley and Bamba's options to open up all exceptions for one last all-in. Uh, talking about for the Lakers, so Beasley, $16.5 million. Mo Bamba is non-guaranteed at $10.3 million. Just saying we're declining all of that in order to make sure that you can use it. And again, there's other things. What does Rui get? What does D'Angelo Russell get? Right, Those things matter, but in order to use a mid-level exception. Would you prefer that path if you're the Lakers? Uh, definitely. I, I would waive Bamba I, just for tax-related concerns because if you re-sign Russell, you re-sign Rui, you, you re-sign or what's looking increasingly more likely they they match on Reeves on an offer sheet, um, you're, you're going to be pushing close to the tax. And I don't need Bamba at $10.3 million on my books. He's just – he's not good. Like, I, I you know, I, I – People get angry every time I say it, but just isn't right. This guy couldn't crack the magic's rotation. I don't know why all of a sudden everybody thought he was going to be great 
because you know because he got traded so it's just you know it's fine if you want to re-sign him and give him two or three million dollars a year you know minimum yeah. deal that's great sure right then that's perfectly fine but at 10.3 million and eh, beasley that one's a little weirder because i would have to you know what else are you doing trying to keep lonnie walker now it looked like for a little while like he was probably going to leave um but then resurfaced in the playoffs and played well i still think beasley's good and can really play a role on a pretty good team so mm-hmm. maybe if you want to try to keep him that makes a little bit more sense so you know but yeah i i would you know for the most part yeah wave wave bomba if you want to resign him to a much cheaper deal no issues there that's fine sure you'll just pay him more commensurate with what his value is yeah, I mean, yeah, if I could open up the, the full non-tax Emily and I knew I was getting Bruce Brown, I'd take him over that's Malik it. Beasley every day. The problem is you don't know that that's going to be be what happens, right? Like yeah. that's where it becomes sideways. So I'm, I'm probably leaning towards just keep Beasley because if nothing else, that's now a very nice mid-range contract for trade uh, purposes down the line. You'd have to know, hey, we've got a good shot at getting players yeah. A, B, and C. If you're gonna if you're gonna make a move like that to open up the the full mid level exception and it, it depends on how the other deals are gonna you know, what is it gonna cost to keep some of these other guys that's obviously it's all gonna be interconnected but uh, this is this is possible for the Lakers to do you could also t- tell Beasley hey you know what we don't want to pay you sixteen point five million this season you are not you know the shooter that we thought obviously you're not gonna you know dig into him or anything but. But uh, you, but you could sign him. You could decline the option and sign him to another deal. You could sign him to a you know two year deal at whatever number and free up a little sure. bit of space that way. But yeah. it depends on what he wants to do too, right? Mm-hmm. It, you know, if you're going to make him a, a free agent, yeah, because right. you decline him, right? Then he could move on. He right? can go he somewhere can. else. So same thing with Bomber, right? If you waived him, he may say, "All right, I have a chance to go somewhere else." And with Bigs, Bigs are they're the guys who continue to get paid even when they probably shouldn't more than any other position. Cause anytime, you know, a team's like, I can kind of shoot and he can block some shots. Teams convince themselves into it. And mm-hmm. then they give them more money than they probably should. And then we repeat this cycle. So, you know, you run the risk if you, if you even with the intention of decline and wave um, for the two guys, respectively, you run into a spot where it becomes, you run the risk of them, them leaving. Right. And if I'm the Lakers, I'm probably like, Oh, well, we lost them and we, we move right. on somewhere else. I'm not going to stress over that. If, if I think that's the right direction and resign them, then great. But yeah, I just, I think Beasley's better than what he showed for the Lakers. I just think he never, never really fit fully in the rotation and, you know, but maybe he never will. Right. That's a, a whole thing too, but that, that guy can play, he can score and shoot. So, you know, I'm not fully sure you know, why it didn't work there, but yeah, you know, we'll see. I, he just didn't make shots. I mean, really that's, yeah. that's, that's what it came like. He's 90% of his value comes from his ability to make shots and he just didn't make them at a high enough rate. Yeah. Um, yeah, And if you're a volume shooter like he is, you have to make them. (laughs) You have to make them, right? That's that's your your value. Yeah. Um, This one said, love the show, fellas. Heard my nets are considering moving up in the draft. Do you guys think Royce O'Neal or Dorian Finney-Smith could be on the move on draft night? Absolutely. Absolutely. Could Mm -hmm. be on the move. There's a lot of guys who could be on the move right now. A lot of picks that could be on the move on draft night. But yes, that could be a path towards moving up is that you attach one of those guys to 21 or 22 or something. And you, and you try to move up that way. That, that could be a path forward. It could be 21 and 22 together to move up. It could be 21 and 22 plus one of those guys. And you move up. I don't know where you can get with that, but I do think it's definitely possible. I think those are guys who pop up in trade rumors uh, and trade discussions a lot. And it would not shock me if one or both those guys winds up moving uh, on draft night. 
Yeah, I, I don't know that either one of those guys are the key to moving the Nets very far up the draft no. board or anything like that. I don't know that that's where that goes. But yeah, I, you know, if not draft night over the summer, they're probably not going to have them both back. I think you're if you get Cam Johnson back to now you're just running into a bit of a crowded rotation there and you're probably moving on from somebody. Hey, our dude though, man, look at that suit in his, in his uh, profile picture. That's pretty impressive. Like like a Charlotte Hornets draft night dream suit and the the, the purple (laughs) and teal. I love it. Um, Ali said, who's more, Oh, who's more athletic in their prime LeBron or Ronaldo? It's Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm guessing. I, I mean, I think it's LeBron, right? I mean, yeah, I'd see that was my knee jerk too. But then I'm like, is it because I cover basketball? Am I just yeah. going to that? But it's two totally different types of athlete. I mean, prime. I mean, LeBron was, it, it, this is going to be a strict basketball comparison, but I remember I was trying to explain this was years ago. This was first mm-hmm. Cavs LeBron. I was trying to explain to my dad who doesn't really watch the NBA anymore, like what mm-hmm. LeBron is. And I was like, imagine Carl Malone that can handle the ball and is like way, you know, faster. It just comes flying. Cause that's basically what, what he, that's the size he was, you know, now he's even, you know, he's probably even more that size and he's obviously lost a lot, but I mean, prime LeBron, there was like, he was one of the fastest guys in the league with the ball in his hands and without, and he was, you know, one of the best leapers in the league too. So that's not to, denigrate Ronaldo's you know athletic ability is great and I mean in soccer is a different kind of athleticism right you need mm-hmm. to you you need to be endurance athletic in exactly soccer, right and Ronaldo's a guy who could go the full 90 or more um if necessary you know for uh, his prime but yeah I don't know we're kind of a weird question but. Uh, it's because they're the way you would really look at their athleticism is so different like you said in soccer what do you have midfielders are running like seven to nine miles in a game yeah. right in, in soccer like something crazy so you really have to have the endurance but in basketball it's it's the quick twitch it's the leaping ability it's it's all of that um lebron's combination of size strength and speed i think is is pretty yeah. unique with what we've yeah. seen from him so my my gut is to is to still go with lebron like if you were to put if lebron grew up playing soccer he could be incredible now he's yeah. probably too big, right? Because he's six eight, but like there yeah, would somebody be would have put him in the goal, somebody would have put him in the goal or something like that. Or yeah. you know, but if he grew up playing soccer, LeBron would be could still be incredible, right? Yeah. If LeBron yeah. ended up being a football player, he'd be like one of the best tight ends in the in yeah, the I mean, there was like a lot of grew talk. up. Yeah, people thought he would have been, you know, he, he could have been a huge uh yeah. you know, um you know, draft pick if he continued playing playing football. Uh, there with, with, with that it's um <laughs> the chat's now just being su- super insulting about both sports both ways so let's let's move on to a different topic please yeah let's <laughs> let's do that but um anyway yeah that's one of the things that i thought was uh, that i always think of when i look at, at stuff like that is that lebron really you could have put him in just about any sport and he would be an absolute monster um all right let's i think we're I there think that's a, i think that's it I think that's it for today. This was, oh, Doug McMenamin, just to, to close things off for us, said, not related to that, Dave, but he does have a brother named Dave who's a Division One college announcer under a stage name. Tell your wives thanks for us. You guys are pros. Yeah, our Appreciate wives it. are 
very understanding of our, sch- <laughs> of our schedules and we cannot do this uh, yep. without them. That is for sure. The best. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, speaking of soccer, uh, the, the tickets for the potential game that Messi could play here in Orlando oh at Orlando Crazy. city, they're now going for like, for the thousands. There's no, the place is pretty small and it's a super cool venue for soccer. They've really built it like around like a, a you know, English uh, style, you know, stadium is the way they mm-hmm. built the stadium. It's not a bad seat, but the worst seat in the place, like a thousand dollars now. And there's no, not even a guarantee he'll even play in that game which is you know pr- pr- pretty bonkers you know with, with that so yeah it's, it's uh, crazy you know it, it's it's for sure man it's uh you know it, it's crazy how, how much he's gonna bring uh there so yeah it's uh you know they they don't see anything else that's jumping out there so i you know i'm uh pretty pretty excited this was a fun show well yep a lot of stuff going on just so everybody knows here's what's coming over the next weeks for the nba Next week is kind of starts option week, right? A lot of guys who have who have uh, player options are due um, over the next uh, you know uh, full few days here, starting um, uh, as soon as Monday. Um, we're going to start seeing a lot of option decisions come in. We've obviously got the draft on Thursday. We will be live uh, front office show during the draft. Uh, we'll probably start just just a couple minutes before. Um, we'll go. Did you see Woj's thing from the Rusillo pod? That he's not going to spoil the picks. Tweet the, the picks. He's going to focus yeah. on uh, uh, talking trades, which I'm going to take that as a Woj says there's going to be a million trades that he needs to yeah. focus on. <laughs> that's, gonna, that's, I think that's what that. it is. For I still think, who, though, it makes oh, the most sense for us to do our show just on our, our YouTube channel here and not yeah, not using like the playback version or whatever, because I think we're all going to be just watching the newsbreakers yep. and stuff anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll react and if we need to, right? We'll we'll uh we'll mute the show and listen if Woj is up on TV and yeah. breaking something big down. But we'll all listen to it then and go from there. He also talked, which I thought was really interesting, right? Something neither you nor I know anything about is um, you know, he says when you have millions of followers, just the math is everything you tweet is gonna get a huge amount of reactions and yeah. it causes his Twitter to lock up constantly. So he's constantly oh. having to sign out and sign back in. So That's he's like, when you're breaking the tweets, it's it's a little harder uh, for for that. So I thought that was really kind of interesting, hmm. you know. On you know, just a really good listen uh, to that pod because he also talks about um, how people use him as a uh, you know way to get information out there and mm-hmm. get information from him. So if you're interested in the whole inside of you know, how do you break news and all that stuff, he goes into a lot of stuff. So really, really good listen. Plus, there's just a ton of you know fun little uh you know juicy like tidbits of news and and all that stuff in there so a lot of fun stuff we got a tweet coming in so it's something good chris haynes washington wizards have granted bradley beal and his representatives permission to speak with teams the star has interest in being traded to. all right we're getting closer it's we're, we're moving yeah, it's gonna it's happen, gonna happen. It's gonna, i better hurry up and get that that uh beal bells <laughs> Uh, graphic all put together. Especially until so ACDC doesn't target us and get us kicked off YouTube. For, That's right. You know, swiping a, the opening few seconds of, of their show. So yeah, man, it's good. We got one more super chat. We'll get to it. Uh, Bleacher Report has the Cavs targeting a Corey Kispert trade. What are your thoughts? I'd love that for the Cavs. Yeah. Corey Kispert got way better last season. Um, and he, that's a cheap number that they can get. A guy they could have on the roster long term. Uh, not going to probably cost you a lot in trade. That's a great Great, great, great pickup for the Cavs if they could get him. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be a really good fit there. And um, yeah, I like it. 
I like it. Yeah, I think it'll be yeah, a great I love it, man. Depends on what you have to pay, of course. But yeah. <laughs> Somebody said the Kyrie Kazoo, and then they said something make it sound like the beginning of the uh the, the old uh Disney animated Robin Hood. That's a family oh, yeah, favorite yeah. here in the Smith yep. house. So I'd, I'd be I'd be all about it. Now that song's running through my head, but I'm not I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. So so we'll 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 uh we'll, we'll let everybody go with that that uh thought in your head and run, running through your minds there. But yeah, man, live show next Thursday. We'll see front office Friday if we go live again. It'll probably depend on how much we've got uh, got left in the tank the next day because those uh those three four hour live shows end up uh, taking a lot out of you with that. And I'll be Absolutely. it's going to be a late night. So last thing I want to leave you with: last four drafts, NBA drafts. I'm probably going to repeat this over the course of this next week. We have seen 16, 18, 21, and 24 trades on draft night. So. Ooh. Let's let, let's go. Let, let's let's hit crack twenty. Yeah, let's, let, let's crack twenty. Yep, yep. Let's go. Set. We'll set the over under at twenty. Uh, and let, let's let let's uh, shoot for the over. Now that's you know little things like buying a second round pick and the sort those sorts sure. of things. But they all kind of trade. So you know, let's, let's do it. Set the over at twenty, and hopefully we'll get there. I'm taking the over. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm taking that over. All yep. right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Till next time. See ya, and stay safe. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.